Hey everybody and welcome to a Merry Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa episode of Handrex Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Norin. With me is Polly Quistel. Elliot is at an airport in Minnesota, so he will not be joining us. He today. took the travel voucher deal. And it was better than a travel voucher deal. But who does that? I I would never I would I mean Elliot lives on the road. Yeah. I would be like, screw it, I'm going home. <laughs> I mean, seeing what he He did get a great deal though. Yeah, I was gonna say, seeing what he got and he only got home or he's gonna get home fourteen hours later, I, I'm pretty sure I would take that too. Um I did have a buddy that came to visit here from Sweden and when he was going back, uh they were just throwing money at someone to give up their seat. So I think someone ended up selling it for over a thousand dollars. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. To be fair though, I rarely leave myself that kind of time, mm-hmm. um, to actually like take it. I usually, it's like, I leave at the earliest possible time that I can go there and I leave at the latest possible time to maximize my time, but I don't really have the time to delay my arrival at my destination or delay myself coming home. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. It's, um, but hey, if you can do it, could be worth it. So for all you holiday travelers, you know, kudos to him though, and he put his picks in. So yes, he did. So yeah. we probably will not catch him this week. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you gained some ground on him there since he were unable to get his picks in last week. So right now we can s- just start off by saying the points total. Elliot is in the lead with 125 points. Paul, you're in second with one right on his heels. Yeah, right 122. On and then I'm down at the bottom with 106. So I'm over 100 now. So that, at least I got that going for me. But yeah, let's take a look at uh, Boxing Day matchups. Uh, Watford Crystal Palace is the first game, and we got to talk about Palace sacking Alan Pardew here uh, just the other day. And uh, Sam Allardyce is apparently the front runner to take over at Palace. I mean, by the time you listen to this, Sam Allardyce will probably be the manager. Probably, yes. Let's let's put it this way. You yeah. have a team in the relegation zone, and uh, you need to not be relegated, and mm. there's one man to call. Yeah, big Sam. I, I heard this stat this morning, though, that, to be honest, it's truly baffling, in that Alan Pardew, this season, mm-hmm. uh, not this season, this year, mm-hmm. 2016, he won six games. Crystal Palace won six games this year. Yep. Three of them, which doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But it's possible, I guess. I guess if they played New Year's Day. Uh, apparently three of them were against Stoke. Okay. So I, I, how do you – you beat Stoke three times in what – like – how are Stoke like? How did you just have Stoke's number? That's incredible. That fifty percent of your wins came against one team. Yes. Yeah. So, um, mm. but Big Sam, I mean, that's a good hire. If you're a relegation threatened side, that's a good hire, right? Uh, yes. Or they did beat Stoke three times this year, but one of them was in the FA Cup. Okay. There so we I wonder go. maybe they, but well, they then they definitely have more than six wins because they went to the FA Cup final. Well, are we saying six wins in the league, maybe? Yeah, it's six wins in the league, yeah. but they've been stoked three times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Big Sam, you know, most likely, like 
Paulie said when you listen to this, he he will be the manager of Crystal Palace. Apparently, the reports are that Big Sam has been prepared for this for two weeks now. Mm-hmm. So, truly I mean, it, it re- yeah, but it does it doesn't come as a shock to me that Palace would end up sacking Party. Just seeing how they've you know just lost everything after that great start last season, they've just gone so far. Or just seeing how Party's not a good manager. How about that? <laughs> Could be it too. I mean, you know, I, this kind of happens everywhere. Everywhere that he goes, he starts well, and then it, the wheels fall off. Yeah, he, but he's gonna. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back in the Premier League at some point. I wouldn't be shocked to see him back because we seem to recycle coaches. Like yes, you know, it's it's like the NFL, the Premier League, everybody. You just, that guy's available. He has a resume. Okay, so I can hire him and I won't get killed. And it's not like, oh, wow, you're taking a chance on this guy with no experience. Everybody likes safe. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, at this point has name recognition, so he's safe. Yeah. I mean, I could even see him, you know, sometimes teams, they uh, they win promotion from the championship and they're like, well, we need a bigger name coach than what we have right now. I could see something like that happen. Well, or... no, what happens is you win you win promotion from the championship and then you start out slow. So it's like, oh, you got to obviously it's the coach's fault and definitely not the fault of the fact that we have championship players now playing in a league yeah. with Sergio Aguero. Um, and then you say, oh, let's get Alan Pardew. He knows the Premier League, which knows the Premier League. Whenever you hire a manager because he knows whatever competition it is that you're playing in, uh, that's not a good reason to hire. Nope. That is so, so true. Uh, you, that just takes you back to, well, the U.S. just hired a guy because he knows CONCACAF 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is true. Everything comes back. Everything comes well, back. Because when you run your – when you talk about teams in the Premier League that are just – that seem to be run by inept people, it's very easy to make a comparison to U.S. soccer. Ooh. Hot take. I don't even know if that one's that hot. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I need yeah. a hotter take to keep me warm in the winter. Hey, oh, there we go. Yeah, it's still above freezing here in Cincinnati, so I'm, uh, you know, it's fine. I'm not. Um, I'm not freezing my ass off anymore, so that's good. So, you know, Crystal Palace going to Watford. Uh, we'll see if this. You know, he might even be on the bench there for that first game. Then on Boxing Day, um, he will be on the bench. Yeah. So, do you think that they have that new manager smell type of performance? No. 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 It's not the Big Sam mo. The Big Sam mo is we avoid relegation, and how do you? He's not like. He doesn't come into to teams and all of a sudden turn them into mid-table teams. He turns them into teams that are avoiding relegation. And you don't avoid relegation by just starting to win right away. This team will start to win in April. Mm. You know, I don't want to give away my hand on my pick too too soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's too early for Big Sam to start winning. Also, he has to assess the team, which may or may not fit his style, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, what for they're in poor form, though. They got four losses, one win in the last five. But that one win came like two weeks ago. Yeah, against Everton, 3-2 win. Well, now they get to play a team as bad as Everton. Mm-hmm. Well, I would probably hold Everton above Crystal Palace. 
but on current form. <laughs> uh, yeah, Everton, they have three losses, one win, one draw. So they're... And that one win was against Arsenal in mid-December. That's like playing against Burnley at home. <laughs> <laughs> or Derby County. Oh, yeah. I mean, Arsenal mid-December is not... They're not. That's not exactly Arsenal September. Mm-hmm. Or Arsenal late April. <laughs> yeah. Yes, looking at these two teams, we'll see. I mean, that that's the early game on Boxing Day. Uh, kickoff at... Let's see, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. I can't, I can't believe that's the game that... I mean, you can't give me... A, all season long. All season long. We've had the best games of the week of the weekend going at 7.30 a.m. And the, now on Boxing Day when I'm going to be at work bright and early, uh, you can't give me a better game than this? Nope. They want to give you Big Sam's debut. They knew it. I'd even take Chelsea Bournemouth. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's no it's, – it's like every game is against like one team that will fly out and attack and the other team that's just going to try to shut them down or mm-hmm. just really bad at soccer – uh, so really, there's really no good game, yeah. I guess. Speaking of Chelsea, oh, that's not true. That's okay. not true. There's one game mm. on the docket that would that it'll either be like a nil-nil fest because, like we said, every team they just they can't score consistently, yeah. or it's going to be like a five-four game because, like we said, no team can defend, mm. and, and that's Swansea, Swansea and West Ham. West Ham, yeah, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Speaking of Chelsea, segue. Not anymore, but keep going. Yeah. Sort of semi bad segue. Anyways, they have agreed to sell Oscar to Shanghai SIPG for a reported fee of around sixty million pounds. So Oscar looks to be the latest player to head over to China, and you know this is sort of a side you know side tangent here, but China is a more lucrative and a more viable option now for players than the MLS. It's a more lucrative thing. I will give the MLS this. You will have more exposure playing in the MLS than you will in China. Yes. Like, do you even know that Hulk still exists? Yes, he's in China. I mean, yeah, but like, only because I heard that today when it was like, oh, Oscar's going to the team where Hulk is, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, you know, like you, you were just, you didn't even know that Carlos Tevez was still playing until it's like, this is going to go there too. It's, you know, he's just been rotting away. You don't hear about him. I guess if you're in the MLS, maybe it's because where you live in America, but you know, you still hear about David Villa every so often. You still hear about Giovinco and sure. Maybe your national team prospects are shot to hell if you go to the MLS, but they're even shotter to hell. If you go to China, I think eventually teams will still well, like bring back their consideration for players who still go to the MLS, they will say, well, maybe we'll consider you. Although I do get joy out of Italy being like, look, Giovinco, you went to, uh, you went to MLS, you know what that means. You know, we don't take it seriously and you're not playing against tough enough competition for us to consider you, yeah. uh, which we, we see the evidence with your teammate, Michael Bradley and, Italy leaves them home, and they did just fine at the Euros. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but also, Oscar's not even playing for Chelsea. No. No, he's not. Um, he yeah, has like, not started a game during this winning streak. Nope. And like you said, Carlos Tevez, he's going to head to Shanghai, Shenhua, um, becoming one of the 
I think is he going to be the most well-paid player in the world? Tevez? I yeah. thought Oscar. Was. Let's see. Tevez uh 600 and wow. Oh yeah, just over 600,000 pounds a week. Okay. Yeah, so, that's Yeah. But again, you live in China. Like I don't care if you make that much money, you can find a good place to but with that, doesn't that government take like I have no 60% of idea. It? <laughs> I have no idea the tax rules for foreign players in China. Um, but Shanghai, I mean, that's a cool spot, you know? Yeah. At least, at least you're not out in, you know, desolate parts of China. Okay, but where do you have to, where do you play your away games? Yeah, that's true. You know, going to Beijing from Shanghai, that's not an easy trip. I mean, I would assume they have their own private plane. It's still like, that's still a flight. Yeah, it is. But you have the same thing here in the MLS um, as far as travel goes. Uh, so, yeah. I, chi- think, I think this might be worse. Uh, maybe. China rising, at least. And uh, a lot of players that could have been tempted to go to the MLS are now opting to go to China. Let's say that much. It's a two-hour, 15-minute flight, so that's not terrible. No. Uh, let's get back to the Premier League, though. And Manchester United on a winning streak. They take on Sunderland and former manager David Moyes at Old Trafford. You think that Moyes is going to get a you know, decent welcome? I think he's going to get booed. I don't think so. And I read an article about it today that also confirmed that also backed my opinion up. Just yeah, yeah, just a guy that uh, wasn't up to the task. Uh, made some mistakes, but wasn't up to the task. And he he was undone by himself by his own doing. He just you know his safety first, play defensively approach. Mm-hmm. You know. Playing four midfielders who, because of their ability to defend, do you rather think than well, rather you, than uh, get yeah. forward, and his lasting impact of bringing in Fellaini and and oh dumping that on us and not being able to get rid of it, mm-hmm. got rid of him. So, do you think that that was actually a one of Sir Alex Ferguson's biggest mistake was appointing David Moyes his successor? I don't know. Um, I don't know because it, first of all, like for five years, we knew David Moyes was going to be the manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, you know, it was always like a, and I think that's, I, cause he had offers to leave Everton. And I think the reason he stayed there was because it was like, I'm just going to stay or I'm going to become the Manchester United manager. Yeah. It was more just, you know, not, I think Sir Alex Ferguson could have done a better job of preparing him mm. for it and giving him advice. I, I think Sir Alex just said, you're the manager. Okay, good. I'll get out of your way now when he should have been like, look, you can do what you want, but here's my recommendation. You know, this is the transition, you know, bring in some of your guys. Don't, but, you know, keep some of mine also. Um, Yeah, switching out that back staff, that was a bad move by him. Getting, you know, do certain things, you know, like rely heavily on the players, you know, use the players to... Because, you know, United did not have the best players mm-hmm. in the Premier League for the last four years of 
Fergie's uh, career, for, uh, Fergie's career there. After they sold Ronaldo and Tevez, they no longer had the best players. They had an aging Paul Scholes. Um, they had an aging Ryan Giggs. They brought in Antonio Valencia to replace Ronaldo, who could do so many things, and Valencia could do one thing. They brought in Ashley Young, who I don't even know why they brought him in. Mm-hmm. You know, they and and then when you look at like City, who had Aguero and Jekko and uh, a bunch of other really good players, I can't even think of off the top of my head right now. And Chelsea were bringing in were bringing in stars. United didn't have the best team, but they were always motivated to win, which Chelsea couldn't say the same for, and Manchester City couldn't say the same for. They were oh, United's players were always hungry to win, and and that was because of the attitude of the club. And really, if you're David Moyes and walking into that, that's your priority right there is preserve that attitude because that attitude is what carried Sir Alex Ferguson to his final title. Hmm. That and Robin Van Persie's left foot. He didn't do that. He made his he made his own mistakes, but. You know, he acknowledged it. He it, he's admitted to it. You know, he you know he claims I didn't have the money and I didn't have the the patience. But he also said I didn't realize that I had to get that I had to get it done right away. Mm. And I think it. I think a, yeah, you do. You can't just drop to seventh. But I don't think it was just dropping a seventh that undid him. I think it's dropping a seventh in the way he did it. They were not a fun team to watch that year. With the exception of when they played bad teams, and he would say, "Okay, uh, in this we're playing Sunderland at home. I don't need to play eight defensive players. I could play seven defensive players plus Rooney, plus Van Persie, plus Yanzai." And Adnan Yanzai was pretty much the only bright spot of that season. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I do remember that the first time around, Sir Alex were when he was thinking about retiring that. Sven was one of the names that were interviewed. Yeah, and Van Gaal and a bunch of people. I, I mean, I want David Moyes was the kind of manager that I wanted, and and even when we talk about it now, I look at it as sort of David Moyes. I didn't want the big name manager. I didn't mm. want the guy that would just say, "Well, I've won at Bayern Munich and I've won at Barcelona, um, and I've won at this team and I've won at this team, and now I'm just going to win at Manchester United just to add that to my resume." Mm. I wanted a manager who you know, saw Manchester United as his ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, I'm here and I want to become better than Sir Alex Ferguson here. I want Sir Alex Ferguson to just be another name on the mantelpiece the way Matt Busby has become kind of just the, the other Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm. Um, it goes Busby, Ferguson, me. That's what kind of manager I wanted. And with that, you you need a guy who's younger and who hasn't been at the bigger clubs, but also someone who's had success. So someone who's won in a different league or a smaller league, but has won multiple trophies. Because Sherlock Ferguson won in Scotland, but mm-hmm. he came from Scotland. Yep. But he but he won there. So to him, it's like, oh wow, Manchester United's calling. Yeah. That's a huge deal versus you know someone like Carlo Ancelotti, where it's like, okay, so you you won you won La Liga once, or you won the Bundesliga, like. I would, you know, give me someone who won in a smaller league and, and they see United as the holy grail. I think Sven would have loved that job, though. I really do. But they all would love it. They all would love it because they could put it on their resume. I, no, I mean, I think he would have been, he would have seen it as his, you know, biggest challenge, almost on par with they the English national team. That. 
you don't think Jose Mourinho sees it as a, as as his biggest challenge, but that's his that's his motivation. Yeah, it's but he's biggest challenge and, and and it's my biggest challenge and oh my god, especially with the the mess that this team is, it's if I can win here, oh god, you you know. Yeah, but that's more just, to it's, feed it's his a, ego. Right. That's it, that's exactly why I don't want a manager like that. It's give me a manager, give me someone like Thomas Tuchel who's, you know, he's He's tasted the big, so like he's not totally unprepared for the big, and he's ready to. When you give him the resources and the ability to play, and and for him, it it won't be a stepping stone. Mm. Two little transfer notes uh, regarding United. Um, Mourinho confirmed that Morgan Schneiderlin is available in January for the right price. Um, it's been reported that West Brom sent over a bid of eighteen million pounds for him this week. It's been an interesting week for Mourinho, because because he's this is one of those weeks where he's come off as human, and it's Jose Mourinho the human is actually like a very fascinating person, and it's very you you always have to separate that because Jose Mourinho the manager is an egotistical maniac who's just a bad manager, mm. but he spoke this week and um, he said. I, you know, I'm not going to offload players this winter because I feel bad. I haven't given them their chance to play. I haven't given them a fair chance to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, and it's, I, you know, and it, it really upsets me that I really haven't done that. But it's like, okay, Jose, you also, you play the same eleven every game, and then you use the same three subs. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could have, you know, you could have given Memphis Depay more chances by just subbing him in in certain games. Uh, you you gave Ashley Young a start out of nowhere, and the only intention of that start was to play him in a game where you were going to make it a sloppy mess and have no intention of actually staging a, a football match against Liverpool. So you only have yourself to blame. And then, but you know, he did. Then he comes down. He says, you know, Morgan Schneiderwin's a great player, and I wish I, I just I haven't given him the chances, and he wants to leave. And if since he hasn't been playing, he said, I have no right to say, no, you can't go. He yep. said, if, if, he was, if he was one of my guys, I would be able to say no way, but he hasn't been playing. I have no right to deny him the chance to leave. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, both of us agree that Snydlin should be ahead of Fellini in the picking order, but... Both of us, I mean, there's... How many fans does Manchester United have? In the billions? And it's only the ones from, like, the, the eastern part of the world who drink the Kool-Aid and think... Everything the club does is the greatest thing in the world. They're the only ones that think Fellaini should be playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other bit of news is uh, we spoke about it last episode, but Victor Lindelof, the Swedish defenseman, um, signed a United jersey when he was home. Uh, He's home in Sweden over Christmas here. So... uh, I don't know if that's some sort of indication. I mean, I Paul Pogba I, did the same thing. I know, so I kind of want to read into it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> reading into tabloid files. Yes, yes. Let's feed the silly season frenzy. So we got a photo of Victor Lindelof signing a United jersey here when he was at home in Westeros. So I, I hope I really hope they sign him. Uh, looking at their opponents, though, Sunderland, they're in 18th place. They're one point behind Crystal Palace. Um, so a you know a win over United would be a very welcome addition to their points total. They could go as high up as uh, 16th. 
If okay. they win. Let's yeah, no, they're not winning. Let's don't even waste <laughs> their time on that. <laughs> David Moyes picks up a win and then gives a two fingers up against the owner's owner's box at Old Trafford. It'd be pretty awesome if he did that, but yeah. it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Then we got uh, Hull taking on Manchester City. Um, last game for City without Aguero. Do they still have Kevin De Bruyne? Do they still have David Silva? Do they still have Raheem Sterling? Yes. Do they still have Leroy Sané? Yes. Uh, do they still have one of the Fernando brothers? Uh, do they still have Yaya Toure? Yes. Do Hull have any of those players? No. I can tell you. I can tell you how this game's going to go. Yeah. Hull sitting at the bottom of the table, twelve points, a abysmal negative twenty-two goal differential. Yeah. Spoiler: At the after this game, they will still be at the bottom of the table, and their goal differential will be worse. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty safe bet there. But City, though, I mean, they're in third place. Um, you know, they had a little dip in form there. They had two straight losses against Chelsea and Leicester. Uh, picked up two straight wins after that. Latest one came against Arsenal, two to one win after going down one nothing. Again, mid-December Arsenal at yeah. home. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I'm I still having a hard time sort of figuring out this City team. Well, no, but we discuss this every year. They're always hard to figure out. They win early, and then the rest of the year, they they just they go through a mosh. They, the only difference between this year and last year is they've actually managed to pull off two straight wins at this juncture of the season, which we remember last year they didn't do between October and, like, March or April. Mm-hmm. But look, they're playing whole city, and I even if you play down to whole city, to whole city's level, I think you find a way to win. Yeah, this, United played down to whole city this year; they still won that game, and that was when United were good. Mm-hmm. They were a free-scoring team when they played that game. <laughs> they played down at their level, and they still won. So. That's what I got for you there. Okay, cool. Then uh, on Tuesday, we got Liverpool against Stoke at Anfield. You know, Liverpool just trying to stay in it, really. They're in second place. They're six points behind Chelsea. I mean, they just... Define in it, because we spent a lot of time on that last show saying that there is no... No, but I mean, they they just got to make sure that they keep on winning. So if Chelsea... Right does slip up then they'll be I don't even think to... it's the Chelsea do slip up I think it's if if Tottenham and Manchester United find their game you don't want to get sucked into that mess mm. along with Arsenal and Manchester City okay that's that's really what it is don't get sucked into that mess because that mess is a lot more likely to happen than you even making it remotely close with Chelsea mm. uh, Stoke though a little same thing there I mean they started off pretty poor or very poor then they played a little bit better, picked up a couple of wins here, but in the last three games, they got one loss and two draws. And two of those draws have been at home. Or both of those draws have been at home. Scoreless against Southampton and then 2-2 against Leicester. Stoke have been a bit of a of a thorn in Liverpool's side recently, until the Premier League last year. 
uh, until until last. Remember Stoke? That was the uh, Stephen Gerrard's last game. They like beat them like six one. Remember mm, that? Yes. And then Liverpool the following, and then to lead off the season one nil. But that was under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, they they went to penalties in the in the Carling Cup semifinal last year, and then Liverpool blew the doors off of them at home. And Stoke don't have Marco Arnautovic, who has not had a good year. No. They don't really have anybody who's had a good year. Nope. It's a tough one. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can get something going there. Then Southampton against Tottenham on Wednesday. I mean, start with Spurs. Got to start looking over their shoulder here with United actually winning some games. Uh, let's see them win some games first. Let's see them get into a run of form. Because again, like I told you, it's more that, you know, Tottenham just didn't get the equalizer in that game. And then the West Brom game, they, they, they managed to get the second goal that they've been needing all season long. But let's see them start, start to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. But they're in, you... they're in better form than Spurs, though. They have, you know, United, they have two draws, three wins, last five. Spurs, they have two losses, three wins. They have every, everybody signed new contracts, though, at Spurs. Yeah, Loris, the latest one to sign a new deal. No, 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 no. He's not the latest one. No, they signed another one after him, too. Yeah, Vorm just signed a new I uh, mean, what are they offering come these on. guys? That, you're that doesn't count. Sign. You just said you're, you, you just signed. This, this is astonishing to me. You just signed Hugo Loris, who... Uh, let's call a spade a spade here. Hugo Lloris, easily the top three goalkeepers in the world, and you can make an argument that he's number one. Yeah, I think I think it's I think a, the discussion I, is is, is uh, Manuel Neuer, yeah, and David de Gea and Hugo Lloris, and I would be willing to listen to arguments on any three of them that they're the best goalkeeper in the world. Yes, totally agree. Um. You know, like I was discussing it with friends yesterday that Hugo Lloris could walk into any team except for two of them and be the number one goalkeeper. And I even included uh, Juventus with with Gigi Buffon. Yeah. I mean, Gigi is getting older. Right. Well, my friend was trying to argue, you know, maybe if he walks into to Stoke with Jack Butland or to Atletico Madrid with Jan Oblak. And I was like, get out of here. Neither one of those teams would take those uh, jack butland is a is a great goalkeeper and maybe maybe could become one of the best goalkeepers in the world but that's a maybe yes uh, and hugo Lloris is 29 which is not old in goalkeeper years and no, he's in his prime right he's entering his prime mm-hmm. in goalkeeper years and i i'll use this as the example if if 29 year old hugo Lloris walked into the manchester united dressing room uh in 2011 when we had 21 year old david de gea even if I had high expectations for that, even if I, you know, De Gea now is in the conversation with Lloris, at that point, I still take Lloris over him. Yeah. So, how do you get your backup goalkeeper to sign a new deal then? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a cush- had a good, He was good in the Premier League. Like, yeah. he could play Premier League. Yes, but at, we've seen this at a lot of clubs, though. I mean, backup goalkeepers it's a cushy gig and you get paid a lot of money but if you want to like if you want to play he can play in the premier league yes it's not like a brad guzan situation where if you go to a a team like 
that's at the bottom of the table, they're going to all of a sudden go out and sign another guy and you're going to be stuck on the bench. If you, if he signed with most teams in the league, hell, if he signed with Arsenal, not Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, no, uh, city. Well, it depends how good he is with his Liver- team. Liverpool. Team, I think, yeah, that's the team I'm thinking of. Yeah. If he signed with Liverpool, he's their number one goalkeeper. Yeah. And you're signing on to be Hugh Gloris' backup again? This isn't the NHL. Like, you don't get to play 20% of the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, al- unless you're at uh, Barcelona where they, do, where they did one goalkeeper in the league and one in the Cups. But even then, the Cups is how many games? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he does. He he gets to play in the Cups, especially when Tottenham were in the Europa League. He would get to play. But, I yeah. mean, like, you know what it is. It's have, You've seen the, the picture stories, right? No. The whole story about everybody getting the same picture with, with Mauricio Pochettino? No. Oh, my God. How'd you miss this? I don't know. So, you know, Tottenham have signed almost everybody to new deals this year. Yes. Uh, so it's when the they, same photo? They, It very much looked like the. It almost looked like it was a cardboard cutout of Pochettino. Nice. And people, because he was always wearing the same thing, just doing the same. Like the the lighting looked the same. It, it's almost as if they signed all these guys um, at the, the same, same day, time, yeah. like on the same day, and they just released a new one like every three weeks or something. <laughs> and. And then they're finally they got a different picture in there. Like so, like instead of wearing the tracksuit, he's now wearing a suit, and it's in a different room. But all of a sudden, all those pictures are now looking the same. And apparently, it's become a joke amongst the players and a team in the dressing room uh, that they, you know, about the pictures and stuff. So I'm just convinced now that that it's a joke, and everybody wants that to have their own version of that picture, and they just have to sign a new deal to to get it. Oh, there we go. Mm. Uh, we you know, should... doesn't want to be left out no no we should say that Hull actually uh, extended contracts for six of their players um, they opted to use a, a one year extension that they had on Robert Snodgrass Abel Hernandez Michael Dawson Jake Livermore Andrew Robertson and Harry Maguire um, cool still not going to beat City no but sucks for the players That the club had that option. Look, a contract in soccer means nothing. You could always leave if you want to. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, any other news that we want to bring up before we go to our predictions? Uh, we should say that Joey Barton is heading back to Burnley. Interesting. Yep, he got uh, kicked off of Rangers after... Allegedly uh, betting, and he's been charged by the FA for betting offenses. So we'll see. We Jan- will. January fifth. He's gonna. He have until. Let's see. Yeah, he has until the, January fifth to answer the charges. The Premier League needs more people like Joey Barton, just for the sake of somebody. Uh, who is he doesn't care if he's in front of you or behind you he'll launch and try to make that tackle Mm -hmm. and and let you know exactly how he feels about it yeah uh let's uh talk about another rumor though jordan pickford to arsenal let's see if it happened no arson wenger already denied he did you not hear any what happened no today 
Uh, Danny Welbeck returned to training, and Arsene Wenger said, okay, we're good, no January signings. Boo. So that's about the most Arsenal story that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Danny Welbeck back. That's a new signing. Yeah, he also defended Mitzel's work rate. Yeah, well. Said he's not he's not lazy. But he said he still has to work as hard as everybody else. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we should say that. You know, this is not the Premier League, but Paris Saint Germain signing Julian Draxler. That's, yeah, good that's signing. A, that's it's a good, a good signing. signing. Yeah. You expect teams like PSG to just get to throw money at young kids and be able to sign whoever they want. Well, I, I feel like thirty-eight million in initial fee isn't that bad. No, it's, I mean that's, seeing that's the climate. The way the market is now. Yeah, I mean, I I rather take Draxler for thirty-eight than Oscar for sixty. It's a different China have to throw that kind of money at Oscar. Yeah. He ain't going there for 38 million. Yeah. What do you think about, I mean, let's backtrack a little bit though. Uh, West Brom putting in a bid for Schneiderlin though. Good for them. He can help them. Uh, and he'll play for them. I think Everton, Everton also want him. And if I were Morgan Schneiderlin, I wouldn't sign with West Brom until Everton put their deal on the table and see which one's the better deal. Yeah. Everton really need a player like Schneider. So, you know, you want to finagle so you get Berahino in exchange. No. No. <laughs> what, do we need a, what do we need another striker for? Let alone one that hasn't been good in two years. Get him back because I put him out on loan or something. Where is he going to play? Oh, I have no idea. He wouldn't play. Exactly. No. Send him out on loan. There's no point. <laughs> Yeah, wasted, wasted, really, talent, very, you know, at this point. If I wanted players that were good two years ago, I'd throw boatloads of money at Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Come on. You know he's been good. All righty, let's, let's get to the picks. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to the picks. Sponsored mm-hmm. by Venmo. Venmo me money so that I could refill my gambling account. My my name is at Pauly-Questel. That's P-A-U-L-Y-K-W-E-S-T-E-L. Send me some money so I could refill my account. Got to stop uh, betting against whoever you bet against. Watford Crystal Palace, that's our first game. Uh, we should say that Elliot has already put in his predictions here, so I'll read them off first. He predicts a 2-1 to win for Watford. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go... Uh, Watford's defense sucks, and Crystal Palace can actually score goals. 2-2. Yeah. Two, two. Okay. 2-1 two, now. 2-1 two, for me. Okay. 2-2. Oh, two, two. With Big Sam getting a point in his first game. You romanticize it too much. Yep. I know. Arsenal against West Brom. Uh, Elliot has 2-1 to Arsenal. He's got a lot of 2-1s. Um, um, one, 1-1. One. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Arsenal have this like history of 
not doing of like kind of really arsenaling on Boxing Day. Then we got Burnley against Middlesbrough at Turf Moor. So Burnley going to win and it's going to be two to one Burnley. Um, what are we doing here? Burnley, Middlesbrough at Turf Moor. I was trying to look up Arsenal's boxing day history yeah. too quickly, but it was taking too long and it was confusing and convoluted. Uh, what'd you say? Burnley, Middlesbrough. 2-1. No, I, I want to know what your score was. Yeah, 2-1. Uh, Elliot's, Elliot's going 2-1 on the borough. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking I'll go 2-0 to Burnley. Okay. I can't go with you. No, I got that's, that's fine. I can't go with you twice in a row. Yeah, that's scary. Swansea, um, Bob Bradley and his Swans, they take on West Ham. Another important game for them. It's a do or die every week now. I mean, West Ham actually find some form here now. Uh, I feel like the 2-2 draw against Liverpool really gave them a push. So, no, West Ham, they're going to pull this one out. It's going to be another one nothing win for the Hammers. Yeah, it's either going to be a defensive issue or a goal fest. I'm kind of I'm going to go three three. Okay, so one up Elliot. Mm. Yeah, he had two two in that one. Then Manchester United Sunderland Elliot went three nothing United. That's a lot of goals. Um, what are you going? Please don't take my score line. Two nothing. I hate you. <laughs> this is a game, though, in all honesty. Yeah. This is a game, though, that they should win 4-0. At least 4-0. Oh, yeah. And it's like everybody should be fired and benched if you don't win this game. If you don't win it 4-0, win it by 4. So yeah. if you want to concede 2, that's fine, but score 6. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you should win this game by 4. I don't think they get there. No. Uh, then we got Chelsea against Bournemouth. Chelsea, I mean, they're going to keep winning here. Um, I think they've put in three, though. Three nothing. Elliot has two nothing. You're, you're going three? Yeah, I'm going three. No, wait. They're without Costa. Um, they are without Costa. Mm, that makes things a little bit interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm going one. I'm just, I'm just saying one now. I'm going to go with Elliot then. Two nothing. Then we got Leicester taking on Everton, King Power Stadium. Elliot says it's going to be 1-1. Yeah, I'm hopping on that bandwagon yeah. right now. <laughs> I, just, I can't in good faith pick either of them to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I know we were upset with both of them last week. Um... No, I'm going to go. I'm... I don't want to put... I want to be different here. I'm just leaning which way. Now, Leicester won nothing. Oh, I'm going to regret that, but whatever. Hull, Man City. Elliot has 2-1 to one Hull. Or 2-1 to one Man City, sorry. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit low. 4 nothing Man City. I don't think it's that low. I just don't think Hull score a goal. So I go 2-0. Okay. 
Liverpool, Stoke. Elliot has 3-2 Liverpool. I mean, they've showed some actually good defending here the past couple of games. I don't think they'll ship two. They're definitely capable of scoring three, though. So, three-nothing. Uh, yeah, I need to... Well, they, they just kept, like, back-to-back queen sheets, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Putting in Mignolet okay, so and Net and playing Clavon and Wolverine. Fallacy. Gambor's fallacy. No way Mignolet can do that again. So, uh, I go 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. Yeah, there we go. And then, last but not least, Southampton against... Spurs. Uh, Elliot has 1-1 in this one, and I think that Spurs are going to pull it out and do 2-1. Yeah, I kind of think that, but Southampton are really good at at home. So I'm I'm just going to go with Elliot on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have enough? Yeah, you've got a couple of different ones. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I like that he put a two on the Chelsea one. He said, 2-0, who do you think? And we're going to pick... I took that as he picked Bournemouth. Yes, so. exactly. So, so uh, Sorry, Elliot. Yep. And then if Bournemouth would shock the world and beat Chelsea 2 Oh, nothing, he did, yeah, no. This then is, he, he can't Chelsea. win this one. <laughs> no, that's true. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, we'll talk to you again uh, probably either on... Yeah, before New Year's. I mean, that that's a given. So we'll It'll see. It'll still be Jewish Christmas when we talk to you next. There so. we go. Happy Hanukkah. Sorry Hanu- that your Christmas will be over. Ours will still be going strong. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, look at that. Yep. There we go. And Kwanzaa, if you celebrate that. And we'll talk to you again soon. As always, uh, we should do our final thoughts, though. Let's do that first before we I don't say. even have one. No? <laughs> My, yeah, I'm tired. My brain's done. Okay, that's fine. Then we'll... <laughs> I don't have a thought for you, which maybe is better for all of you. Mm, there we go. Uh, as always, Twitter, I'm Seb Noren. Polly's Peak was still WFAN. Elliot is Keats was better. And then give FanRag Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you.